I don't know who really truly benefits from this system. You know? Not us, not 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 the teachers, not the students. So who? Welcome to Podfessional Development, Season 2, Episode 3. In this episode, we're going to talk about high-stakes testing. I'm your host, Victor Guzman. I'm Eric Squire. I'm Tian Sproul. And I'm Sarah Miscu. We're all educators here, and we've all been teaching for different amounts of time. But I think we've all, throughout our years of experience, we all have experienced high stakes testing and what it can do to the mind of an educator and what it can do to the mind of a child. Um, so I just wanted to have a conversation with you all about just that. What has been your experience with high stakes testing before COVID and what has been your experience during COVID? I'll let y'all take it away. Uh, for me personally, as a teacher, my first start was in an environment that was sort of like the position I work now, or the school I work at now, where it was a strong testing uh, culture and how you were evaluated, how you were assessed as a teacher, mainly dealt with how well your students perform on internet assessments, let alone state exams. It put a lot of pressure on you as a, as a teacher because you had to make these benchmarks. You had to constantly grow and your students had to grow. Even though you can do other things right in the classroom, as a teacher, you can be fired and let go from your position if your students did not show quote unquote growth on certain benchmarks. And not only that, it just turned into competition between different grade levels, between different teachers. And it was like, I did not, go into this business in order for me to be in competition with other teachers just because my students performed well on this exam and your students didn't. So many circumstances and factors go into how students perform on exams and I just think that it burns so many educators out because it's just like I did not go into this business for this and we lose so many great quality teachers or so many teachers who have potential because of the pressures and demands of testing. So being in those cultures, and I worked in a few of those cultures, it's unfair because it becomes a big money grab. And schools have this king of the hill mentality where only one can be on top, instead of it being a plateau and there's room for everyone. If you don't have these scores, if you're not making these strides, then this funding is gonna to go to this school and we're only gonna promote these teachers and we will push everyone out. I just think it's unfair, the ultimate reason and why we do the testing. I do think it's important to have benchmarks and see where our students are, but when it just becomes a testing culture and a testing environment, I, it just puts so much stress and duress on the teachers, staff, and the students, the families. Wow, Tian. I just hadn't even thought about the fact that this could turn into a competitive thing rather than a collaborative thing. So like rather than schools working with each other or like sharing info, it's like who can be on the top with their, with their test scores and you get more funding if your, your test scores are higher. So thank you for pointing that out. Uh, definitely agree with you. Uh, I'll be honest. Um, 
my first school year ended with COVID, so my students didn't take the SBEC. Um, so I've actually not, um, I've not had my, my students take the SBEC ever. I've never uh, dealt with it, but uh, I was working at a, a school last year that just like you were saying, Tian, um, really valued like the children's test scores. It's the highest performing school in the Bay Area. And so they had that to maintain. Um, and I'm sure funding was also tied to that. Um, and it was just crazy to see how much teaching to the tests they were doing and how much of a focus, like even though we ended up not taking the SBEC, we talked about it quite frequently throughout the entire year. And I definitely understand backwards planning, but I feel like the priority there is a little messed up. Um, just real quick, I would categorize like testing in, uh, in three categories as far as issues that I see with it. The first one is uh, teaching to the test. So like prioritizing testing over like authentic education. The other one is testing in a way that actually is not beneficial, uh, uh, sorry, that students cannot relate to. That's actually a huge issue where it's like the tests are giving scenarios that the students have never heard of and that, that puts it out of context for them. And then the third one is um, what the test is actually trying to measure and is, are those the skills that we need to be successful in life or, um, yeah. Is it esoteric? But uh, yeah, that's my personal thought right there. Um, so I didn't really have um, a lot of experience with like testing, but the year that I was teaching science, we were preparing our students for the science aspect. And um, they had like a week advance to just do a practice test. Um, but even during the practice test, I could see students were feeling very demoralized. Um, just uh, with that practice run and I felt really bad for them and you know like I it's just that because they they if they couldn't answer a question they they're like oh my god like what's wrong with me you know they they have that mentality like what's wrong with me do I I feel inadequate um, they have that mentality and I had to talk to a lot of students about it um, so I I get state testing and I get that, but I did not at all like how my students felt about it, even like just for a practice run, you know? Um, and I also remember um, the first month that I started uh, as a new teacher and they were doing like a, a measure of academic progress on a map test um, for math and an one for math, one for um, ELA or English language arts. And my students were like, they were taken aback like, oh, wow, we're two weeks in school or three weeks in school at that point. And they were already, they already had to take a map test. Um, sort of what we are, um, well, doing for our, for in my charter school right now, um, through distance learning, they're taking it for, uh, grade, uh, third grade and above um, till grade eight. Um, they're doing it right now, but, and we're only three weeks into school, right? It's, it's, I, I think it's, it, uh, I don't know. It's, it feels very, I think our kids feel very demoralized. Like um, my kids were very demoralized um, back then before COVID. 
um, doing the test and they were just like clicking through the answers because they were just wanted to get it over and done with. And that what, what's the point of that, right? What's the, what kind of data are you collecting at that point? Everything you all have said is very relevant and valuable. Um, you know, we teach or lead in a society where GPAs, test scores, graduation rates are the measure of a teacher's effectiveness. And that's very unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. And Squire, you were mentioning like teaching to the test. Um, one of the things I've noticed when people teach to the test is that I think you also mentioned like authentic learning. When you teach to the test, you allow yourself to be disconnected from your students because you're not being real with them. You're not being authentic. You're not being culturally appropriate, which it's not right. At the same time though, like I think a lot of teachers and a lot of schools, charter schools, public schools, private schools, a lot of times we put such a high emphasis on testing that we forget about the teaching and we forget about the human side of it, which is really unfortunate. Um, I think for the teachers, it's unfortunate because you are measured based on something that you can't really control. I mean, you can prepare your students, but what if on the day of the test, they were having a rough day? What if something happened at home the night before? What if they didn't get breakfast? How is that a, an appropriate measure of what they do during a 180 day school year? Um, right, so for the teachers, it's that you know being assessed on that uh, puts a lot of pressure, um, especially on new teachers. Um, and I think for the students, it also puts pressure on them because they have to perform especially if they're in these quote unquote, high performing charter schools. They're high, they're, they're high performing by what standard? Just because you pass a test, you're a high performing school. What about the joy of your students? And I don't mean fake joy, joy factor. I mean, genuine joy, laughter. People laughing in the hallways, laughing with the teachers teachers interacting with students outside of the classroom. Like that should be a bigger measure of success for a school. Um, unfortunately, it isn't. Um, and that kind of leads me to my next question. My sorry, you kind of touched on that. Uh, we're still in the midst of COVID and a lot of schools are trying to find ways to give our students high stakes tests, even though we've been out of the classroom since March, even though research shows that testing environment is important, they might be at home with two or three other, other siblings who are also taking a test or with other adults who might be making noise in the background. So what have you all seen or heard or, ex or, or, or are experiencing in terms of high stakes testing during COVID? I think one aspect, and it's not necessarily something that I'm terribly frightened about is uh, the accountability piece, right? So like students are taking the test at home on their computer. We didn't do math this year. We did something called STAR. 
Um, and like, I guess the benefit is that uh, it was like, I wouldn't even say it's not a benefit to the student, a benefit to the integrity of it is that it's time. So I guess it would be kind of difficult to look up the answer, but uh, you do have to worry about that. Um, you have to worry about who's actually taking the test. I mean, I doubt a parent's gonna take it for their child, but um, yeah. There is that piece. Um, I, but I also, um, the one piece that I really want to talk about with um, doing like distance, like being on the computer and everything is the technical difficulties. Like, what if you have internet problems, right? In the middle of testing, you cut out and that's your score. What if, um, um, and I can see, and I can see this happening uh, with my own kinder kids um, that uh, they're not in um, environments that people are moving, you know, their stuff are everywhere all the time or, or they're not in a space that's, um, uh, that they are like high traffic areas like the dining room and then they have to test and I'm like whoa that's not gonna be fair for our kids at all or um um but I yeah so with that uh what you were saying just now um back to what you were saying um Squire about um accountability I can also foresee um my uh my the grown-ups <laughs> that help my kids sometimes like even during um our our learning time our academic time and they might be more um they they just want to help their kids right i mean as a parent we're parents we we want to help our kids succeed and so like they might be helping their kids yes but i foresee it more of the technical difficulties with the non-conducive non environments um, that students have to be in when they take their tests that that to me is a bigger problem um yeah thoughts my what i'm seeing is a little bit different i agree with both what mr squire and um my Sarah has said i'm seeing the spin job that schools are telling teachers the reason why we should test the importance of it oh the last time they were assessed was so and so so let's get a entry data point as to as see as far as where they are now i say it's a spin job because um i may be putting myself out there on the line but i work at a particular school where stem has been taken away from one of our grade levels where we know that stem black and brown students are underpopulated in stem and to have that taken away from them how much damage that can cause them now and also in the future and also seeing the entire uh social studies being taken away from our students so we're risking them of being uninformed, misinformed citizens. But testing is important because we want to see their data points. What data? What are we assessing? And why are we assessing it? And for me, I'm just thinking about being a former administrator and being an administrator prior, that this is just another way where we could try to have a step or two ahead of other uh, schools that are unionized and they don't have the mechanism to do what we can do. So therefore, how to continue to be a step ahead of those schools so we can hoard the resources that they are not going to be eligible to get. Uh, for me, it sounds like this is more so disingenuous and is more so for our gain and what we want as opposed to really assess where our students are. Because if we care that much, 
especially with everything that's going on in the world, why are we not teaching social studies? Yes, I was a former social studies teacher and a former history major, so that's where you're getting a lot of my frustration. One quick point so I don't go on a long tangent. A question I was going to ask um, as you were speaking, Mr. Guzman, what is the teacher nowadays? nowadays? You and I worked in schools where now teachers have been reduced to a point where here's a script. You are going to internalize this lesson plan. Even though you don't have a math background, we would teach you strategies on how you can teach this information and you will help students perform well on this exam. Even though you may not have no teaching background whatsoever, you may not even like ELA, but because you're good at internalizing lesson plans and putting on a performance, this is what you're able to do and we see the value in you. So it just seems very just cut off. Like I'm good at giving out information and seeing students get that information uh, because I have this access where I can do this. But what about the other components that make up a teacher? What about the counsel, the guidance, the seeing there's something wrong with this student? Let me have a moment to check in with them. So there's so many elements that we're missing and that we're robbing ourselves with, with education. But to my original point, what I'm seeing is the spin job that's being told to teachers of the importance of why we're testing right now. And I just don't buy it. To answer your question really quickly, I know Squire, you want to go again. Uh, teachers are test prep machines. I guess I, I wanted to talk back about the the start. Uh, I, I actually, I think that's not so much an issue like I, I was pointing out. Uh, I think the reason why we do that is more like a, just kind of a diagnostic test so we know what kind of reading supports to give students. I'm not saying it's a, it's a perfect system, but uh, I think it could help. I think where it becomes problematic is when it affects a child's ability to get into a school later. So um, like, I, I don't know what the SBAC is gonna look like this year, but I know that last year, my eighth graders were putting their SBAC scores on their high school application. And if we had to do the SBAC at home, uh, Miss Miss Kuhn brought up a good point. I don't want to get into like what ifs, but Miss um, Miss Kuhn brought up a really good point. And I'm thinking about IEPs. A, a number of IEPs request that you have a, a silent atmosphere and like you can't control that at home. Uh, you know what I mean? Or maybe it's not possible to control that at home. Um, so a number of accommodations that students by law should get, they're not going to get, and that could affect things for them. I, I think I'm mostly concerned about tests when it affects things for students in a negative way. And then when a, a, a teaching staff or, or a school puts more of its resources and focus on those tests rather than giving a child an authentic education, I think that's when it becomes problematic. Uh, I'm going back to Guzman's point about teachers are machines. And like, I also think that um, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like our students are also the reason why our, we are getting the funding that we are, right? You know, we're like, you know, we're, we're training them. They're like, so that they could perform well, so that we can get the awards, we can get the funding from our sponsors. So like, we're, um, <laughs> I don't know who really truly benefits from this system. Yeah. You know?
not us, not 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 the teachers, not the students. So who? No, you're right. Schools might be benefiting from high stakes testing. But I wanted to go back to a point that Squire mentioned. Um, and maybe I misunderstood you, Squire. Um, you mentioned like using assessments as like a measuring point to see what kind of planning you need to do um, to kind of plan ahead for your curriculum. In a time like COVID, my question to you would be, how is the data that you're gonna gather authentic? Students are at home. We don't know what they're going through. We don't know what they're doing. Um, you know, what they're living through. Do they have food at home? Do they have multiple families at home? And there's too much noise for them to focus. So yeah, I understand the point of having a starting point, right? Kind of like Sprout said, I, I too value assessments, but I don't know how authentic the data and how reliable the data that we're gonna get this year is going to be. Reliability is totally a factor. I guess what I'm talking about more or less is like, if a student takes a reading test and they place pretty low, um, I know to do a reading group with them. So I'm not going to penalize them, but I'm going to offer them more support. And I, I think that's like only beneficial. And if they can't make it, like I, I can't force them. So it's not really, it's not really a punishment as much as it is additional support and like an additional safety net or, or extra vigilance, I guess. So I guess that's where I'm, I'm coming from on that one. I don't know. I feel like this conversation could go on for a while, right? It's not like a, this conversation is not a one-time, one-time thing. Um, but I kind of wanted to bring up a quote that really stuck with me. Um, I'm sure you all have heard of the book for white folks who teach in the hood uh, by Christopher Emden. And I think of the students that I've taught my entire seven year career. They have all mostly been students of color, Latino kids, black kids, um, refugee students. And I think about the lack of culturally responsive teaching that the schools and districts I worked at have engaged in. And so this quote really stuck by me because um, I was reading his section on testing. And when I read this, I was like, oh man, this makes so much sense. So here's the quote that he said. He said, some are convinced having students pass tests creates some form of equity. And that really stuck with me because, you know, a lot of these schools, like my Sarah said, like Sproul mentioned, get funding based on their test scores. And really at the end of the day, going back to everything Sproul has said in previous episodes, schools are big business and having students take assessments and pass assessments, that doesn't show equity. That, that just shows that students know how to take tests. But that's not really equitable. 
So for me, my biggest concern are kind of twofold, right? My concern is teachers being assessed on high stakes tests and students being assessed in a way that's not culturally responsive. And so that's something I'm going to keep thinking about and keep working through.